welcome all of you to a new episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This is the first ever international recording of the Shups and Preds podcast. As it's our the first transatlantic one, probably CFL podcast ever. I'll go out on them and say that. First transatlantic CFL podcast ever, to our knowledge. It's me, John. We've got Matt, who's also on the west co- western coast of North America. And then we have Tyler Press, zooming in all the way from Berlin, Germany. This is a man who is going to be married less than a week from today, and yet his commitment to the CFL and to this podcast does not waver. Uh, Tyler, how are you? I'm good. Uh, It was weird listening to the pod last week and and not being able to respond to anything. Um, Yes. So, uh, you know how Peter would would feel if he ever listened to the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Unfortunately, Peter (laughs) is once again too busy. We should note we have somebody who, like I said, is in Germany getting married in a week. And another person who has a whole other human being he has to take care of. Yeah, Peter is too busy. Can I, did we, I'm sorry, but did Peter text in a reason or do we do we ever get a reason why? It's just he's got to go to bed. Busy. He's got a lot of classes. Oh, boy. Accounting classes don't take themselves. Good point. He's right. Can't, it's, he's not wrong. So, today's episode, we've got, as always, week 13 review. We've got week 14 preds. We've got fantasy. We've got the release of the Shit, end of October. I thought I muted myself. Power rankings. Um, we're going to, you know, just get down to work, see how this goes. It's late here. It's early in Berlin. Um, temperature, or temp, uh, you know. Are you trying it's to say like it's, it's, it's fall, like temperatures are dropping? Is that what your angle you were, you're going for there? I don't know what to say. It's going to be a wild one. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to kick it off with what was supposed to be Peter's review of uh, the opening game of Week 13. Calgary Stampeders defeating the Ottawa Red Blacks 26-13. to um, Don't want to spend too much time on this one. Uh, a good taking care of business win for the Stampeders. Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, a nice 22 of 29 uh, for 242 yards, but he was snaked by Jake Mayer, who was one for one with a 15-yard touchdown. Um, Kadeem Carey continues to roll. I, I would say establishing, establishing himself firmly in the top three running backs in the CFL um, discussion. He had 16 carries for 103 yards plus a touchdown. Uh, Kamar Jordan, he is healthy. He's back, six catches, 79 yards, Um, looking good. Um, As far as the Red Blacks go, you know, Caleb Evans out there giving it the old college tries. He always does. Love to see the effort. Um, But uh, the just players really aren't there for them, as we've known all season. Nate Bahar will say shouts, five receptions, 98 yards. Nice showing from him. And Kenny Stafford continues to just catch touchdowns. He had one reception, 11 yards for a tug. Um, guys, any takeaways from this? I kind of look at it as Calgary should have won it. They did win it. Let's move on and uh, to some more exciting games for them down the road. I think Calgary is better than this, and they've kind of two games in a row now have played below what I would like to think is their ceiling. 
Yes. Um, which is definitely not good going into like the end of the season where there's some you know, important games to win and obviously going into the playoffs. But you know, you had um, a couple teams over the last few weeks just really blow the pants off of um, of Ottawa. You know, Hamilton thirty-two to three, and then before that, uh, Montreal. You know, gave some point, you know, allowed more points than it probably should have, but played like a much stronger mm-hmm. offensive game. And and not that Calgary played poorly, but I think this was a, a good game to kind of show out more than this. Yes. But still good. I mean, still obviously a win. It was a workmanlike performance. Yes, as they say. Um, yeah, you know, I think that they've got bigger ones ahead of them for the uh, stamps. So. You know, and they get they get the bye this week, which is nice. Get healthy, um, but then they're looking forward to uh, BC, which is probably going to be one to cement their place in the playoffs. Then they got Winnipeg, uh, and then it's playoff time, just like that. So they got two more um, to get tuned up for the playoffs. Um, good to just get this one behind them, I think. Yeah, this kind of conclude concludes their their run of games, you know, to kind of put them back in pole position. Yeah, truly get back into form. I, th- I, I think mean, are they, is this now officially a heater or is it still a mini heater? That's the you question. Know what? It's so asking. odd. Cause I still, it's tough to digest what they've done, which is incredibly impressive, but yet I have no, I have no inclination that they would even test Winnipeg. Good point. Yeah, I so, mean, could, could he, could they need to ride the Kadeem Carey Express. I mean, it really is his. It really should be his show. Uh, I think as, so, as he as he as he goes, yeah. they as he goes, they go. Yeah, but I even if he showed out, I'm not sure that'd be enough to beat the Bombers. Uh, if he shows out, though, they can possess the ball. I mean, yeah, no, I I, 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 I think I think a lot I think a lot of teams are going to go back before the playoffs that are that play Winnipeg and watch the Toronto game that, that Winnipeg did lose and just try to get something out of that. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm not so I would call it a mini heater in terms of they are playing very well, picking up a lot of wins, uh, three of their last four, I believe. Um, so quite solid. Rene Paredes perfect but again. He's a very good player. But let's move on uh, to Hamilton's domination of the Edmonton Elks. Um, the Ticats won 39-23, to 23, uh, but the final score does not reflect what a beatdown this was. Hamilton was. led 27-4 to four at the half, thanks to three first-half touchdown tosses uh, by Jeremiah Masoli. He ended the game with a stat line of 17 for 24, 357 yards, and those three touchdowns. Another stellar showing. Uh, he's humming at this moment, and uh, for now, I, I think probably playing the best of any quarterback in the CFL. Uh, Don Jackson, seeing his first action since weeks, action Jackson. There you go. Since week five, um, <laughs> and his first action as the primary ball carrier all season. He had 16 carries for 120 yards, one major. As I've noted on Twitter, he became the seventh different player to lead the Ticats in rushing this season. Bananas. I think that just highlights how much turbulence there has been in the Ticats offensive lineup so far. Started three different quarterbacks, Addison Banks, in and out of the lineup. Seven different leading rushers. There's been 
zero continuity week to week for these guys. So if they can finally start to get some of that, uh, definitely a dangerous team come playoff time. Tim White having a really breakout year, uh, the rookie. He led the way with six receptions for 89 yards and a major. Also of note that they are slowly working Speedy B back into the mix. He tallied four receptions for 60 yards. You know, you think you add a healthy Braylon Adam. Is that his best? Is that his best? Is that his best game of the season? It's got to be. I'm not sure if it is statistically his best game of the season. Um, I'd have to look at that. But it feels like it's they are they targeted him six times, which is second most targets on the team. So, um, so they're yeah, working so him back he in. had a, in week one, eight receptions for 77 yards. Okay. okay. Um, for the Elks, it was a poor performance for everybody but Greg Ellingson, who offensively was the lone bright spot. He snagged uh, seven receptions for 101 yards. Uh, the big talking point, I guess, coming out of this was a pre-halftime fight. Uh, lit off because Simone Lawrence is a cheap shot artist. Um, and so led to James Wilder Jr. tackling him after a play. Um, Jonathan Rose for the Elks came off the bench and was ejected. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the Ticats player who spit on an Elks player and was ejected. Uh, and then the Elks went ahead and just benched <laughs> James Wilder Jr. for the second half. Um, yeah, Good, good vibes all around, the Edmonton, all around Edmonton. Yeah, good vibes. Um, so, Hamilton took advantage of playing Ottawa and Edmonton back-to-back weeks. It was a time to get running, smooth things out, and they did exactly that. They looked explosive. They looked really solid. Uh, I don't think you can ask for more, but now it's time to get tested. Uh, you know, they, st- well, I don't know. They got BC this week. So maybe another opportunity to kind of still work things out, but then they got Cal. I don't, I don't know. Got, BC, and then BC, they got BC, BC looked all right this week. Yeah. Oh. Or sorry. They don't have Calgary. No, they go, they go BC, Toronto, then sketch. Um, so a serious way to end the year, uh, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I will, I want to make a note. I'll let you. Well, I'll let you guys talk first. Sorry about that. And then I want to say something about kind of my perception of the odd things I saw around that fight between Lawrence and James Wilder Jr. So, uh, but any takeaways from this one, guys? More of the same from Edmonton, and Masoli stays hot. I think that's the the, the story here. Uh, yeah, I really. I, I mean, Hamilton. If they felt like it, you know, he had Masoli had those three touchdown passes in the first half. It felt like. If they felt like passing in the second half, he could have had six or seven. No, instead they just let Don Jackson just run all over. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, this this was the I think the rollover moment that we saw from Ottawa last week for uh, the Elks. Yes. And I think were I think Ottawa last week just kind of resigned themselves to it. Yeah. I think it was definitely more of a breakdown in Edmonton where I think they came into this week being more prepared for, you know, a final push maybe. Yep. Um, but now obviously it, it's, it's over. It's over. It's all so, over. Sorry to say. Um, so what I was going to say about, so this fight breaks out and I'm on Twitter. I was like ready to see like, uh, you know, our 
favorite TSN CFL journalists, um, CFL talking heads talking about this. There was not a peep for tw- 10 minutes after the fight happened. The only person who tweeted, Marshall Ferguson tweeted a gif of Simone Lawrence, and that was it. And I was like, I don't know. I, for some reason, it felt like a moment that if there was, I, you know, never. it's not fair to compare the CFL to other leagues, but if there was a fight between the two most prominent players on the field at that time, which is what Simone Lawrence and James Wilder Jr. are, if there was a fight in any other league between two players of that stature, it would totally drive discussion. Yeah, like it'd be mild, it would be like, it would be like the it would be like the Miles Garrett incident kind of level of, of discussion. Would, everybody would have a take, and everybody would say something, and there was nothing. And I, I just felt like I was like, I, not that you ever want fights to be headline grabbers and to lead the discussion about a sport, and so maybe it's about protecting the image. But the fact that nobody was saying anything was like, geez, this seems like a chance to at least snag a few headlines. I don't know. I, I thought it was really odd that it was total radio silence. I think Simone Lawrence has gotten a pass from the uh, CFL sports media. I mean, they always give lip service to him being a dirty player, or you know, but it's always it always seems kind of with a wink and a, and a fingers crossed, like, Oh, look at this guy. It just seems like they don't really, it's expected or they don't really care. Or they don't feel like it is uh, big news. Um, but it is, yeah, that definitely is a strange, like it was just weird. To... That was my, no, apart it's just from strange Hamilton's annihilation. That was my takeaway of the game. Like where oh, it was late on a Friday. Maybe that was it, but it's like, are we asleep are we at the switch? Just asleep at the switch. Yeah, are we wa- watching this? What's <laughs> going on? It was weird. But anyway, um, yeah, two teams going different directions to say the gleast. The gleast. Um, yes, don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Peter Boy, you can ask Peter Boylo about that sometime. Okay. Duly uh, noted. Uh, Let's talk BC at Toronto. A nice overtime game. Tyler, what do you got for us? We did not expect this to be the game of the week, but this was 100% the game of the week. Did I say it would be the slot fest of the week, though? You did, and it was not, it was not a slot fest. It was for certain. For I some, would not for some, this as a slot it fest. Was a, it was uh, kind of sloppy. For Jimmy Camacho, it was a slot fest. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, looking, God, fuck. Looking I, to, feel, I don't want it. I feel so bad for him. Looking, <laughs> looking to put his poor performance behind him, uh, MBT came out in the first quarter, looked really good. Uh, in Toronto, jumped out to a 10-0 lead, hits Tavares Daniels for a 14-yard touchdown. And then Michael Riley sort of returned to the form of what he was before these five straight losses, um, hits Brian Burnham, which he should try to do most often, uh, for a 30-yard touchdown. And, you know, we jumped out. It was 10-7 in the first quarter, and the scoring did not stop. Uh, Dominique Rimes, Dom Rimes, returned from injury, uh, caught a touchdown pass in the second quarter, uh, some more field goals, and we go into half 16-14 Toronto, and the second half was wild. Um, <laughs> MBT throws a ridiculous interception, uh, hits the hands of John White sort of like five yards behind the, behind the line of scrimmage. He picks it off, takes it 30 yards back to the end zone. Um, 
And then the fourth quarter happens. We got a field goal, and then Riley hits uh, hits Dom Rimes, uh, but Jimmy Camacho uh, misses an extra misses a field goal uh, and hits a single. So now we got a one point game, and then Riley takes takes BC down all the way to the Toronto thirty. Jimmy Camacho has a chance to redeem himself. No time on the clock. And he misses again for a single. So we end up in the he end up overtime. At least he had good pace behind it, so they both just flew out of the back of the end zone. Uh, yeah, this game was really a story about Toronto's ability to run the ball and BC's ability to not make field goals. Um, Toronto <laughs> in overtime in overtime included a, a really exciting play in which MBT threw the ball, hit a, it hit a lineman's uh, hands, fell back to him, and he ran it for I don't know probably eight or nine yards. It was fantastic. Uh, BC, or excuse me, Toronto had a one-yard Antonio Pipkin touchdown, with, including a two-point conversion, uh, which really sort of sealed the game as BC would find the end zone on the next possession, but then failed to hit the two-point conversion. Toronto wins 31-29. Like I said, the running game for Toronto uh, is the story here. They had uh, DJ Foster and John Wake had a com- sort of combo game. They both combined for over 100 yards and, uh, you know, kept the chains moving and really kept the ball out of BC's hands. Toronto possessed the ball for 35 uh, minutes to BC's 25, um, limited the turnovers to the one interception from MBT, 25 first downs, which is a lot. Uh, and also BC, ton of penalty yardage, nine for nine for 129. So uh, in a game which we thought BC was sort of dead in the water, uh, Toronto sort of I want to say luck this one out, but I, they lucked this one out. Um, horrible clock management at the end. Yeah, t- terrible. Uh, Toronto really needs to, I mean, I guess I, I'm a Toronto truther, so I, I, I'd like to think that this is just a, a team finding a way to win a game, but uh, certainly did themselves no favors. Uh, BC sort of hands this one to them and uh, is now the the holder of the tied for well, how many losses is no sorry Edmonton still got the longest losing streak but now we oh. we have three teams in the CFL with at least a five game losing streak pretty brutal that is not good uh, I like that what you were hitting on and I couldn't agree more which is Toronto finding its rushing game after two kind of down games um, and I love that they're like committing to a two back give DJ Foster and John White relatively equal carries. For some reason, that is a difficult thing to find in the CFL. They just stick with one, whoever that may be, per game. Uh, So I love a two-back game. Give a different look with both of those guys. And yeah, grind it out. Yeah, and uh, I got to say, MBT, though, got to see more from him. 23 23 completions for 155 yards. That's That's just not it. And officially one reception for seven yards. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Since um, putting all the chips in on MBT, he has not looked up to snuff. Let's talk, let's talk about BC for a second here. Riley was yeah. wild. Was, I, I got to say two things. One, the BC pass defense was really good. I think they had seven passes defended, which is a lot for a single game. Um and then on the other side, they're you know they get they get lucky Whitehead back. He doesn't do very much in this game. Only two catches for twenty yards, but it's almost the threat of him on the field sort of opens everything up. Um, Total diversion. Yeah, Dom Rimes was was very good in his first game back. Um, 
I don't know if I'll start him on my fantasy team or not now moving forward, but he did he did seem to have a relationship with with Riley right away. So uh, perhaps uh, Brian Burnham, a great game, five catches, ninety six yards, and a touchdown. I mean, you look at the box score and you think, well, okay, BC was able to throw on him, but yeah, I think Riley's also inconsistency. It was almost uh, about fifty two percent throwing, I think. Exact fifty two point six. Yeah, and I think they just they they ended up kind of having drives stall out because of. Uh, because of unable to, you know, they threw for a lot of chunk plays, but they really couldn't get those those possession first down, keep the chains moving plays, um, which which led to them having so much less possession than Toronto. Um, no, and there, this was such a big one because they win this one. Oh yeah, uh, and they're within, oh. they're within a game of both third in the West and possibly a crossover. Although they do have to finish ahead of the team that's third in the east for a potential crossover was this was this was this for you guys a season a season ending loss for bc i just think mathematically it's going to become that they have a they they have a one game more played or sorry let's see oh no i guess they only have i guess only edmonton has a game in hand on them so they still have the they have a game in hand over calgary so they could pick up uh, a point there uh, if they're to win this next week um, but yeah, it definitely looks like their best course of action is to try and challenge Calgary for that third spot in the West, and I don't see it happening. There's yeah, one thing they play, they play Calgary, yeah, and then Calgary's last game is against a resting Winnipeg team. You, you would think yeah. at McMahon. Um, so now BC does finish against Edmonton, so I think you can safely say that. Um, they're gonna win. You can say nothing safely in the same. Well, you 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 could <laughs> yes. you could hazard a guess that <laughs> yeah. both the BC and Calgary will win their week sixteen matchups yes. um, against a resting Winnipeg for Calgary and against a at this point eliminated Edmonton team. So really, it's gonna come down to this week fifteen. So um, I, I guess if BC wins. Uh, on Friday, yeah. Then it sets up a really, really great showdown um, in BC Place on Friday, November twelfth. That basically decides the uh, the playoff picture. Yeah, but also I, like I, sh- I will say I, I, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem likely. I, I wouldn't. See, yes, I, I don't think it's likely. Yeah, agreeing. Uh, could be a fun storyline though. Could be. Um, <laughs> quick, quick shout out to Boris Bead, who is five for five on field goals, including two over two fifty yarders, uh, and also a fifty-two yard punt into the end zone for a single, which ended up, you know, being quite important at the end of the game. So, uh, Boris Bead, player of the game for me from Beady. from Toronto. The but, venerable okay. Beady. Yeah, the hor- I, but he but he did have a horrible punt at the end of regulation. Yes, as Tyler has shouted Beady out for this one, and then Paredes for the end of for Calgary. Listen, kicking is going to matter come playoff time. Oh, and there yeah. are a lot of teams that have horrible horrible <laughs> kicking games. To be fair, the weather is the, the weather's getting a little wor- no, worse. No, but there are teams that have horrible kicking games. Correct. Jimmy, so, Cam- Jimmy Camacho should not be on a CFL roster after this season. Beady, let's that's that's harsh. Really mean. You don't say those mean things. About we don't people. say mean things. Beady <laughs> and Paredes are certainly getting the job done, uh, and uh, that's going to I think matter for those teams come playoff time quite a bit. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jimmy. Yes, no, thank you. 
Nah, but for, but take 14, us away. I just I say Jimmy with, Jimmy Camacho uh, is fourteen of twenty for the whole season. Not very good. That's not good. Matt, take uh, us away with Saskatchewan and Montreal. Here is your slop fest of the week. <laughs> I I had heard I had seen that this described as a defensive struggle and. I am not buying it because this real really fe- seemed like an offensive struggle. Like each team's offense was struggling. Yes. Uh, so a really slow start for both teams. Uh, the Alouettes were kind of buoyed by uh, Willie Stanback. Uh, he ultimately ended the game with 80 yards on 19 carries, but in the I mean he wasn't able to get into the end zone. And um, up until 47 seconds le- in the half, left in the half. Uh, it was three nothing Montreal. Like n- neither team got it going. Um, Matt Schultz played really, really poorly. Uh, Cody Fajardo played basically just as poorly. Uh, so Matt Schultz seven of 13, 106 yards in an interception. Cody Fajardo 14 of 25, 158 yards. Didn't make any mistakes um, and did allow William Powell um, to to get rolling. William. He got into the uh, end zone at the very end of the first half, made it 7-3. In the second half, I guess at least Sketch was able to get into field goal position and Brett Lother to talk about another guy that is maybe not in that, you know, top tier, but has has kicked really well this season. So he converted all four of his field goal attempts as all of those did come in the second half. Um, So like we said, Matt Schills played really poorly. He was benched for uh, Trevor Harris. So just made his way to Montreal, and he got started inheriting a 13-3 to deficit. Um, so Skats did uh, add a field goal. Montreal added a field goal and a rouge to make it 16-17 and set up kind of a hero moment for T. Harris coming into Montreal and, uh, and kicking it off. He, I think he came pretty close. <laughs> he played, you know what, I got to say that he, his first he started couple drives poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Looked like he was out of his depth, was getting, you know, just wasn't ready. And maybe that's just, you know, you don't know, you don't really know the guys you're playing behind. Um, it's kind of, you know, but he turned in a couple of great passes, got Jake Weineke his first catch in uh, in two games. <laughs> yeah. And uh, connected in a, in a, a literal, of, in a fortnight. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then connected. Uh, with Gino Lewis on a couple big ones, like one big catch um, on that last drive, and then also um, connected with him for his first touchdown of the game, or only touchdown of the game, um, and that made it a 16-14 to game. Uh, Sketch kicked a field goal, um, which unfortunately meant that Montreal was going to have to get into the end zone to uh, to win the game, and it was not to be. So... Um, I think I don't I don't know what to think about putting Trevor Harris in. I mean, I it's a bummer that he had to, you know, start his his career in Montreal with a major deficit and, yeah. and try to mount a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he ultimately did like going twelve for fifteen in one quarter to go twelve for fifteen, hundred twenty three yards and a touchdown. Um, even though yeah, he did look pretty shaky to start off. I think that's a, a really nice um, way to kick it off. And, and obviously, um, Sketch now, you know, won, won their last two against teams that I think we all feel are, are pretty solid teams. Yep. Um, so, uh, 
I I think Sketch for me is you know gonna have to figure out the Cody Fajardo situation. It's a mess. It's I'm gonna we'll talk about it in a second. It's a mess. <laughs> so I mean I'll let you go. I I just think um he's not playing very well. Fourteen of twenty five for 158 yards is just flat out bad. It's really bad. Um, and I again, kind of, kind of how Toronto sort of lucked themselves into a win. I mean, really, I don't know if Saskatchewan lucked themselves because Montreal played pretty bad too. But you know, the defense is carrying the load right now completely. And I just don't. How many how many games can they do this? What happens when they need to score 20, 28 points to win? Um, and right now, I don't. I don't think they could do that. Um, shout out people with wood in their lot in their name. Uh, two sacks for Jonathan Woodard uh, for for Saskatchewan, and two sacks for Woody Barron of of Montreal. Um, <laughs> well, these guys, these are the two leading sack yeah, getting uh, defenses in the league. Yeah, Montreal they had, had six. eleven combined sacks. Yeah, Montreal had six, Saskatchewan five. You know, they were living in the backfield. Um, yeah. So I have to wonder, you know, is is, is this guy? I gotta pay attention a little bit more because I'm so focused on Cody's sort of struggles. Is the O line just not protecting him well enough? I mean, they did not block well in this game at all. Willie mm-hmm. Willie Powell, eleven carries for thirty yards. I mean, um, he's a good running back. I don't I don't think that, that I would I wouldn't put that on him. I don't think he had very much room to run. I mean, Fajardo's four for forty six is kind of deceptive. Those are all kind of on broken plays. Um, yeah. Which is nice that he has it in his back pocket, but you know it's it's just un unreliable. Yeah, it's, and it's unsustainable. It, and to, you know. yeah, yeah. And I, I will say this though, uh, John, you'd be happy with the Saskatchewan play calling, which is uh, a lot of dub offs to Willie Powell to sort of allay the the heavy pass rush coming in. Um, yep. So William, William Powell actually ends up being the leading receiver for for Saskatchewan. Um, so. Teams take note. If you're getting blitzed a lot, just dump it off to the running back. Well, but like I, I want, I do want to take a note of that. So he was, he was four for four to William Powell. Yeah. So to okay. the rest of his receivers, the receivers who play for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he was ten of twenty-one. It's not good. Yeah. That for, it's been all for year. A, for a, for a hundred for a, for a hundred for a hundred and twenty yards. Not can't good. throw the ball down the field. I mean, and but again, the the stat line I love is that William Powell four for four for forty yards yards after catch. Forty, 40. <laughs> like all of his yards yes. were after the catch. No, so it's 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 yeah, Fajardo's game he played, and I like he did say to media never apologize for a win no matter how you play. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Um, don't, but you've got to look like you bring in Duke Williams. Shaq Evans is healthy now, and you go a combined six for uh, fourteen to those guys, with a long with a long of fifteen yards to Duke Williams. Duke Williams <laughs> should have a twenty plus yard catch every quarter. Like, come on now, this is ridiculous. Get the freaking ball down the field. Now Montreal has that. Montreal has a good defense. We can they've been very good the last few weeks. So I will attribute. I don't want to take anything away from them, but absolutely, there's just there's sort of a little. It's we're running out of excuses for for Saskatchewan's it's offense. It's bad, but they are grinders, which is good. I think that um, I think that for Montreal, 
go, you know, their next two games are against Winnipeg. So we'll see. It's a Winnipeg that's already clinched first. I can't imagine they're going to be resting yet. Um, so I think it'll be quite tough, but you never know what's going to happen. Um, and so, I mean, if it's, I, it's I just had be... a thought. So, yes, we talked early in the season about uh, the kind of swagger that Cody Fajardo has, yes, or had, had, um, and had. then ever since he made the comment, does about it seem meats, like there was there's a a solid break after they lost that game um, in Calgary when? Cody and Moss got into it about the the Hail Mary play at the end. Well, I think it's been all downhill since the corn dogs, since he gloated <laughs> about enjoying corn dogs. It just seems like there's 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 whether that was the moment or something, there's no, a the, it's the it's confidence. The, it's the Winnipeg, it's the Winnipeg game. I'm telling you. It was I, those back to back those back to back games and he, just getting his body just ripped to shreds. And I don't think Yeah, but he doesn't again, and we've said this all year, I don't wanna Matt I, I wanna stay on Matt's point, but to Cody's body, like there was a run I love that he always tries to fight for every yard, but he had a play in this game where he, I think it was on his 27-yard long run. Uh, actually, I know it was. And he's running down. He's running right along the sidelines. And instead of running out of bounds, he gets shoved out and walks up, limp, gets up limping. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Oh, what the heck? Family pod. Why are you taking absolute no caution and protecting yourself not at all? All year, it's he's playing with, I don't, I can't even describe it. But to Matt's point, yeah, there was supposed to have solved those issues. That was supposed to be the fight that you then have a long talk after and you work forward, and it's just regressed. Yeah. No, it's been weird. That's all I. Uh, that's all it's I gotta weird. say on those guys. But well, we'll. T- I think we'll talk more about both of these teams um, here in the Preds as we discuss how they are looking going forward. But before we move on to week 14 Preds first, Matt, tell us what the standings currently are, and then we'll talk league leaders. League leaders. Okay. Uh, Standings in our Preds. Standing in our Pred pool. Okay, sorry. Tyler Tyler with a... Golden week. Golden week. I felt, I felt as, as Saskatchewan grinded out that win. I was just. Like, I know you needed one. I know it was really a tough <laughs> yeah, year so, for you. Uh, Tyler had a golden week. Um, so he is obviously still in the lead, 36 and 14. Uh, John and I went. Uh, did, did we? the rest of us go 3 and 1? Everybody went 3 and 1, yeah. Yeah. So uh, or, John. Yeah. yeah. No. Did, did Peter, Peter went Peter, 2 and 2. Peter went 2 and 2. Um, so John, uh, you are now sitting at twenty four and twenty six. So yes, climbing sir. up to uh, yes, sir. Um, John's getting over five hundred this week to five hundred, oh, and Peter and I are now tied again at twenty seven and twenty three. If you, I, I have to, you which have I to... feel good, like I'm, I'm now back to five points with Tyler. I'm Tyler not a bet. I'm not, we're not. This is not a betting podcast. Not a betting podcast. But I, we I, don't I'd bet. Be curious to know if you bet. Hundred dollars per game on the games I money lined. What you would be having in your pocket right now? Because 30, 36 and fourteen is pretty fucking good. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. That's a good question. It's pretty good. That is pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean, 
did we give the impression that we didn't think that you're a good I, I'm actually you just I, I'm actually as the season is like sort of winding down Prince I'm just King. This is just sort of, I, I sort of, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm fluking. It's like a victory lap. I'm like you fluking are. I think you're getting. Wins. I do think you're getting cocky. I do, I do stand by right. what we said last week. Maybe you didn't lose your touch necessarily, but. I'm 10 and 1 on my last 11 preds, so there's no anyway, losing. I think you're a little. Let's cut this gloat fest short. <laughs> 10, 10, and, 10, 10 and 1. 10 and 1. Just 10 and 1. For passing yards currently in the lead. Our boy Zach Caleros, who at this point oh is, now he's uh, your boy, gonna win the yeah he's our boy actually okay got it yeah he's got two thousand eight hundred thirty two uh, passing yards for rushing yards will he stand back nine sixty and for receiving yards it's friend of the pod Gina Lewis with eight hundred and sixty nine receiving yards nice. Um, we originally started tracking league leaders, not just because we predicted it, but because it kind of gives us an idea of who may be on MOP trajectory. At this point in the season, unless something insane happens, I would bet a large sum that uh, Zach Galaris is going to win the MOP. Is that fair to say? Willie Stanback would have to run. I, I maybe average 150 yards a game to make that not true. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think if he put but together Willie three... Stanback, Willie Stanback could be... He could be the Eastern finalist for MLP. At what point do they vote? I'm trying to remember. Well, they vote end of season. At the at the end of the so no, no end, playoffs taken no, into account. End of the regular season. Yeah. I would say those are probably our two finalists oh, right for now, sure. unless the, unless the wild card of a Willie Jefferson, Big Hill. <sighs> Jackson Jeffcoat, but I the think those is, guys too many, split the votes. Exactly. There's no. There's no standout. Those are guys, they're just three guys. Well, there are. They're all standouts. Well, they're, but they're, yes, you can't. You can't have. Yes, correct. Yeah, we're t- we're saying the same thing. We are. So let's move on to Week 14 Preds. Uh, kick things off. BC at Hamilton. Uh, I go first. This is the first meeting between these two, um, trending in completely opposite directions. Uh, I've got uh, some stats for you. Uh, so, <laughs> Jeremiah Masoli retook the starting job in Hamilton four weeks ago. Um, the Ticats are o- they're only two and two in those four. Uh, but let's take a look at how his uh, play in the last four games stacks up against Mike Riley, Michael Riley's last four games. In his last four games, Jeremiah Masoli is 89 for 118. He's averaging 315. Uh, passing yards a game, and he has seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Michael Riley, meanwhile, is 65 of 121. That's a yeah. passing. That's a completion percentage of 53.7. He's averaging 186 yards per game, and he has three touchdowns and four interceptions. Not good uh, from our uh, Michael Riley, and I think quite spectacular from Jeremiah Masoli over his last four. Uh, it's a quarterback-driven league. All this leads me to say that I am picking the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win. I am also picking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Although, I mean, BC, I think BC is just a little too um, spotty. Yeah. Uh, even if, like, Lucky Whitehead gets going again, um, like, all it is going to take, it, it's they're just they're just too inconsistent for me to take a flyer on them. Especially when I'm trying to beat Peter. Yes, I get it. I get it. 
I think Tyler's going to go BC on this one. Oh, you're so on. It is. Oh, really? <laughs> it is the BC. It is the BC Lions. Uh, really. Dom Rhymes, Lucky Whitehead back in the lineup. I like the passing game. Uh, I think if Riley's a little bit more accurate this game, I, I, I'm not totally sold. I mean, Masoli's playing very well. You can't. I'm not going to say he's not, but you know, game a against few favorable matchups. Yeah, game against Edmonton, game against Ottawa. You know, the last two games against what I would call uh, quality opposition. You know, 23 points against Toronto. Um, and 20 points against Montreal. Yes. Uh, just not... Not spectacular, but he played well in both of those games. He it's did, correct. He did, he did what one, one should do in those games. I just think that he's going to be seeing a slightly... I think he's going to have to pressure to, put, to score. Um, it's, in both of those other games, they sort of jump out to, to huge leads and really don't need to you know, start hand. I can definitely feel you know, this is BC season, so... Yeah, I got. I, I'm, I, I think. I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm. I think BC doesn't go down with a go go out with a whimper. I think they they you know fight. I'm not saying that this means they're going to make the playoffs because I don't think they're going to beat the Stamps after this. Um, but I do think that it's sort of last gasp, and I think Riley uh, is playing well enough to to get this dub. So yeah, I'm going with BC. I like that. I like that. Peter Boylo, who is not joining us, wanted. Me to relay this message. He says his input for the week is BC is bad. He's picking Hamilton. That he has no other takes on any other game. Is he just? I think he's that. just annoyed because he picked BC a bunch and games that they didn't show up for this season. <laughs> that could be. That very well could be it. Um, he was a he was next, a big BC. Is he a BC fan? I know he's an Edmonton fan, but he kind of he's kind of hot on BC. I know he's upset at BC. I feel right like now. we're all BC fans just because love Michael Riley. Yeah. Yes. I honestly, I don't, I don't dislike a single CFL team. I'm sorry. I love the whole league. It's a it's league. A great league. It's a, league a thing sick me. league. Smart um, thing for a man to say he wants to one day work somehow in the CFL in some capacity. <laughs> That's right. Randy, <laughs> if you're hiring. Um, next, we will go to uh, Alberta for a game between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Matt, take us away. Boy, howdy. If Hamilton can get to Taylor Cornelius... Hamilton's really, not playing them. I said, if they could. No, last, you just... just oh, last yeah. Week, oh, okay, okay, sorry. If they could. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm certain that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders yes. can get to him. Um, this is not going to be a fun game for the Edmonton Elks. Yes. Sketch is going to win. Do you think we see the debut of newly extended uh, Arbuckle in this one? I believe so. Do you think he starts? Oh, um, gosh. It's one of those, but like, too, yeah, I, totally I would say, I would say he prop, well. And it's, it's, so he is clearly their quarterback of the future. You want to right. have him play in the offense. You want to get looks. But you put him up against the team leading the league in sacks, yeah, or second in the league. I forget which one. I right, think that... I think we're gonna actually. I don't think he's gonna start, but I think we're gonna see the exact same thing we saw in Montreal last week. Yeah, um, and Taylor Cornelius is gonna get the start, and um, he's gonna not. He's just gonna get bum rushed because the Edmonton offensive line is is not. Yeah. I mean, like it. It's not even. Forget the quarterback, right? The Edmonton offensive line isn't even 
strong enough to let James Wilder, like the best run, like second best running back in the league, yeah, you know, to really flex his muscles like that. Like, there's no reason that even when Edmonton was having their, you know, air attack woes, that James Wilder wasn't just kind of running wild, yeah. Um, except that he has no, there's no, he just is swarmed by defensive linemen. Um, so yeah, no sketch sketch Tyler. I think this is, this is going to tell me a lot about, I mean, it's going to be sketch, but I think that Cody Fajardo has to have himself a day. Yes. Uh, and I think, I think he finally will. I think right now, I mean, sketch is locked up their position uh, in the playoffs already. Um, it's confidence building time. Now, if you're, if you're Dickinson for for Fajardo, you got you got to get this guy in a better place and feeling good going into the playoffs because they're they're going to need him to be better to beat playoff teams. So, I I see big numbers for Cody. Um, probably his best game okay. of the season. This will be his best game of the season. So, I am so very tempted to pick Edmonton just not just because <laughs> I want them to win. Oh, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Oh, I'm nervous. Edmonton, I, I, I think, will win a game this season. Uh, this might be the but one. the reason I'm going to pick the Riders is because I yeah, do Yeah, they have they already this... won two? What? They, yeah, they've already won two. Yeah, they're going to pick, win another. Uh, okay, easy there. The reason I, I think it is this... I think we could see this as the beginning of sort of an end-of-season experimentation period for the Elks where they're trying out guys to give them a look to see if they're worth keeping when they rebuild next year. Um, so, and I don't think that lends itself necessarily to winning, especially against teams uh, that know how to win and win ugly in the riders. Um, so this is also first of a back-to-back for these guys, um, but I'm picking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as is Peter Boylow. So that's my take there. There it is. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little Toronto, uh, Ottawa. Let's talk Toronto, Ottawa. Tyler, kick us I off. Uh, I will talk. Are we going to cover power rankings right after this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I won't, I won't talk about Toronto too much. Uh, I think this is also a get right game for, for MBT. I believe Toronto has also clinched their playoff spot. Um, they have. This is this is MBT. So Matt Matt's gonna have a good fantasy week, I think, because I think MBT is gonna show out um, against a team that is already thrown in the towel. Um, nothing really yeah. more. To, nothing really more to say there. It's just gonna it's gonna be a slaughter. No, it's but it's it's that absolutely. It's the quarterback get right cure. Time to take your medicine and smooth some stuff out. Take advantage of the matchup, but also, I think Toronto does need to keep nurturing and feeding their run game they are going to need it in the playoffs Mm -hmm. so don't just because it may be an mbt get right game don't shy away from running on them getting that and making sure that running on game is still a well-oiled machine so but my pick is toronto my pick is also toronto this is an easy one um yeah this will be an exciting game i think this will be fun uh, exciting game for picks, one team. Peter picks yeah, the yeah, exciting game to watch and Argonauts. to be an Argos fan. Yes. For. Well, you hope. You hope this is uh, you know, again, 
you know, Toronto is a winning team. They win, but I don't know. I just don't know if they're good. But we'll see. That's unfair. We'll see. But okay. What'd you say? No, I mean, I, I think like they're they have the second best, the tied for the second best. Uh, um, let's see here. Yeah, tied for the second best record. Um, I mean, they have. They more, beat. They've beaten all their. They, they have I more pick... points. Or, no, sorry. They have allowed more points than they have scored. Is that correct? I would pick. Sketch, Calgary, and Hamilton, all to beat Toronto right now. If they were the playing, Toronto, Toronto's beaten all those teams that you've met. The, 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 or the East teams that they're competing against, they've beaten them all. Be, no, be I. Be one I'm thing saying they right done. now. Right now, okay. I know, but I'm saying right That's now. That's fine. I would pick all those teams. Um, but anyway, we'll talk yeah, about that's the power nuts. Rankings. Yeah, is, is that is that a crazy stat? Now that they have a that makes sense, I guess. Toronto has allowed more points than they've scored, and has scored fewer points than Hamilton and Montreal. Yeah, no, that's does that that <laughs> corresponds to what I've seen. That makes sense. They're a team that wins games. That's all I'm saying. They're a winning team, though. That, they're survive. They're survivors. They're survivors. Let's talk. Uh, Let's not talk Montreal, too much about it. Montreal at Winnipeg, uh, just like the Saskatchewan Edmonton matchup. This is the first meeting between these two teams this year, and also the first of a back-to-back. Peter is kicking us off, and he will pick the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think that. I will go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as well. Um, I think whether it be Schiltz or Harris starting the game for Montreal, I would have to think it's Harris at this point. Long day. The D will terrorize them. As I said to Matt before recording, it is, seems a uh, cruel bit of irony that Trevor <laughs> Harris was rested uh, to protect his trade value and not go up against the Blue Bombers and now is treated to two games in a row against the Blue Bombers. Um but I think it's going to be a fun matchup. It is the top two passing defenses in terms of uh, passing yards allowed. So let's see if uh, air mileage may be at a minimum. Uh, but I'm excited for this one. Winnipeg will win. It's the Blue Matt. Bombers. Oh, Matt, sorry. No, it is, it is the Blue Bombers. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, this will be... I don't know that we're going to see the big score out of Winnipeg. Yeah, um, I think this will be a fairly low-scoring game, um, because you know Zach Kalaros, I think is going to go even shorter than he normally does. Like he's not a he's not a long bomb quarterback, and I think it's going to be a, a solid, like directed, intentional offense, but not um, not a big splashy one. No, I, I would I would think that Oliveira is going to get well fed. Same with Johnny Augustine, if they're smart. Um, yeah, take some pressure off Caleros at this point. Let's just you have to be you have to if ease him in there. If BC can win this game against Hamilton, yes, you have to start and and look look at Montreal has played Winnipeg two of the last three weeks this season. It, they might get a little little nervous there. Crossover action? A little crossover action. I think that Montreal, it could be a very interesting last week of the season. I didn't even think about this. 
to get the crossover, I think BC would have to end up being third in the West. Anyway. Yeah, but BC but BC has games against teams I, I think they can beat. I mean, uh, the Ticats, I, again, I'm not totally sold. The Stamps next week. And if they beat the Ticats, you know, they're going to feel good going to that game. And then they end the season with the Elks. That's a good game to end the season with. Yes, yeah, so looking at the math, I think how it works out... Montreal does get Ottawa the last week of the season, though, so... BC would... If they have enough points to get the crossover, then they'd automatically be third... Then they'd be third in the West. Interestingly enough. Hmm. Okay. Because they they would win this week to bring them to 10 points. Mm-hmm. Then they'd play Calgary, and if they won that, that would bring them to 12 points, tied with Calgary. Mm-hmm. And then they would have to win another one. I don't know how that works, but I, I feel like I've, just reading this, it seems like BC only is able to play Western Conference playoff football. But I don't know, I'd have to look at the tiebreakers on that one. That's, that's, it's going to be sloppy. Sloppy. Big slop fest. Which is a story. No, but of the, I, it's kind of a story. It is. It, this is exciting. As I, I love that all these scenarios are starting to pop up, and it that uh, that's what's great about the crossover. Oh, oh we're it, we're in we're safe. in it now, boys. We're in it now. It's it's fun that these eastern teams can't just cruise the rest of the way. Correct. You know, I know they're safe. They have a western potential western team nipping at their heels. Um, so I, I, Got I enjoy and that, that, that quite a bit. And what's interesting is the the Edmonton Elks will have a lot to say about playoffs at the end of the season here. Incredibly, they will win another game. <laughs> no, I mean they're gonna they're just gonna impact the the, the seeding and everything. I mean they they play they play the only team that plays two games the last week of the season, so uh, it's gonna be very interesting. No, it's gonna be awesome. Um, Matt, do we want to do fantasy or power rankings next? Oh, let's just bomb through fantasy, and then we will uh, talk. Talk PRs. Bomb through fantasy. Yeah, it sounds like what Cody Fajardo did to my starting lineup. Oh, <laughs> this guy. All right. It was a big, big week for kind of everybody, uh, except for Peter. Um, <laughs> did, he then, set his line, did he set his lineup? He did. No. He did not. So no. well, he's out. He's been banished. Yeah. We will need to think up some sort of punishment because yeah. I we'd have to check the tape. I believe somewhere either on the pod or on text, he promised that he was going to be a fantasy player this year. And he lied. And he did lie. So. I warned him <laughs> on the main group chat last week. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'm talking like at the beginning of the season. Because this always happens, and we we had predded, I know for sure we predded at what point Peter is going to stop playing fantasy, and it's hard to tell. We'll have to we'll have to try to figure out exactly when, because he's kind of come back. And yes. anyways, but all no, right. But this is again, I want it. This is a family pod, so PG. <laughs> you go to the restroom every day. That's all it takes. Pull out your fantasy lineup <laughs> where you're going to the restroom. Set your lineup. It truly, there is no excuse. There's no excuse. No. Um, no all right. Excuse. So, as far as this week went, I am back on top. Um, 
So that feels really good. 92.6. Very good. Uh, I unfortunately did not have the BC defense, or sorry, the Winnipeg defense, uh, but BC did pretty well anyways. At least the previous week they went negative three. So this week at least they were nine. They were positive. But uh, for me it was my, uh, my position players. So William Powell, 17 points, uh, including a major. Actually, all of my um, – position players scored a major so brian burnham was my leader at 20.6 and then gina lewis and kamar jordan at 16.4 and 19.9 so really good i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say it right now this was the week that matt won fantasy (laughs) i don't know i mean maybe it's it's we'll, we'll get to what we do the overalls but there's a lot of football to be played so uh right on my heels was john at 81.9 Obviously, a huge game out of the duo of Jeremiah Masoli, 28.9, and Tim White, 20.9. Uh, Greg Ellingson as well, uh, 17.1. Um, and then, obviously, James Wilder didn't play for a lot of the game. Didn't, and wasn't kicked out. They just benched him. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> and then Duke Williams. Um, it, was just, it was a tough game. Yes. Uh, all right. Back, 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 back aways. Tyler, 61.4. This one hurt. Big game out of... Big game out of Kadeem. swing. Big game out of Kadeem carry, 21.6. But I think we we thought we'd have more out of Lucky Whitehead, who I I think it was just a... um, Just a matter of not quite being, obviously, fully back. Just getting back in the lineup. Maybe not even being targeted... Um, we're being looked at as much um, just while he he works his way back in. And then I think Kyron Moore went out with an injury. He did. Um, um, so God, that, that God, his, de- well. his decline since this season with Cody's decline is just painful for yeah. my fantasy team. Yeah, I will say this. Thing, I, will, I, I will say, say this. this Kyron this, Moore has not declined. He just has a quarterback who can't get him the ball. Correct. Yeah. Uh, this this one hurts because I had Tavares Daniels and Dom Rimes on the bench. <sighs> who both would have gotten me about 18 points. So that could have actually swung me into the, the lead for the week. So it really nice. hurts, really hurts that the, that, that had to be that. I just, thank God MBT played terrible or Matt could have had a really monster week. <laughs> Truly. Truly. Uh, yeah. He also had Mark I know. It's just the two, the two. Let's talk Peter's. Well, let's not. That's Peter twenty five point seven. He had Peter nice nothing. Play. Um, Jake Weineke got on the board though. So overall, all right, it's getting t- it's getting tight. Not at the top, but in the middle. Uh, so I'm up there nine hundred and seventy four point eight. Uh, Tyler at nine nineteen point one, and John at eight ninety one. Even. It's tight. So what are we talking there? What is that? Are we coming? 28.1. Yeah. So. I'm ready. Uh, another week like this week, and that lead is gone. I'm ready. Not going to happen. I have Cody Fajardo playing a trash team two weeks in a row. I, that honestly, there's my, my, if I'm going to win this, Cody needs to trash Edmonton. The next two weeks, I think my biggest concern is that Willie Stanback is going to be playing against the Blue Bombers for two weeks. Um, I'm concerned. True. 
but I do yeah, think that they're going to try to just Cody in your time of need after you turned your back on him. <laughs> I mean, this is just ridiculous. It, to, to, the way he's been playing this season, looking back at what I, I, I said, what I said, and I, I stand by it. I mean, and I stand by it. <laughs> um, Love the guy and want, yeah, want, want him to do well. One. But uh, yeah, it's bully stand back has been the most fun player for me. So anyway. Uh, All right. I, I think I, I I think Tyler might be right as far as Matt. Yeah, I just I just I it's a, that's a big hill to climb. I mean, he's just so consistent. Yeah, because even last scores. week, even last week, I had almost a hundred, but I only gained eleven on him. You know, yeah. so I I need I need a mess, and the problem is MBT is going to be playing uh, some trash competition True. uh True. which does not help so that's been the sort of thing holding matt's team yeah. from really blowing it out of the water go pipkin i have i have entertained that thought you think so <laughs> i think the team, the, the, the team i will really say i'm a little nervous i've committed. got i've got I have, I have entertained the thought that the toronto argonauts <laughs> just at one point start playing antonio pipkin serious minutes at quarterback so i mean i've got like some good backups in uh, Ricky Collins and Darvin Adams. I'll have to figure that one out. But this week, uh, Kamar Jordan's uh, on mm. a bye, and Eugene Lewis is. I'm not. I'm going to stick with him, but obviously, it makes me nervous going Tough. up against. Yeah, uh, same. Willie Stanback problem. Well, it's the I same with me same for uh, yeah. Law, Kenny Lawler going up against Montreal. And Montreal's got a spectacular. Pass All right, season. enough. Forget anyway. That. People got to get theirs right. Players. <laughs> Listen, John. Play, the rest play. of us have real problems. Yeah. Oh, your Montreal. Give me your Montreal. Montreal has a very good pass defense, guys. Okay. <laughs> this this guy. All right. He's, he just time. didn't want to feel left out. Yeah. I know. All right. Just, uh, so hey, I guess we'll listen, run. I'm in third place right now. I think I have as much reason as to complain as anybody. <laughs> All right. Here are your official Shups and Preds power rankings. Oof. Do we want to go top to bottom, bottom to top? Bottom Let's to top. Bottom, bottom to, top. to top. Yep. Okay. Let's at actually the start at the beginning, then go back multiple timelines. So the the basement. So I'll break them up into threes. Yes. And maybe we can talk about them there. Um, or not if there's not anything to talk about. But the basement from nine to seven is Ottawa, Edmonton, BC. Now, the three of us on the pod right now had BC at seven. Yes. And uh, Edmonton at eight. Peter thought it was the opposite of that. I put it BC at, at the number eight spot. What? Pete, Tyler, you did have Edmonton last. That's true. I did because I have to respect the fact that Ottawa did beat them twice. But yes, I think Matt touches on what's the most important part is that Peter, again, his only analysis for the pod is that BC is bad. And he thinks they're so bad that they are worse it's a horrible take. It's quite simply a horrible take. It's, it's just a, I think it's flame. I think it's vitriol more than anything. I think it's an, <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty egregious. And I thought he liked right. Michael Riley, but apparently not 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 so. He's a he's just hurt more than anything. I, I think. think he just got his feelings hurt. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. He, so he did always the, pick VC when they lose games. He just t- he just never picked them when they were winning. He, they were they were his pred bugaboo all season. There you go. <laughs> it's got to be it. Uh, in the middle, we've got the. Uh... Oh, I got him to sneeze. Oh, did you mute yourself? No, like, you... I'm just holding it in. <laughs> okay, it went away. 
it went away. All right. Uh, in the middle, we have the Eastern Conference, basically. Uh, number six, Montreal. Uh, number five, Hamilton. And number four, Toronto. Yes, I think that's Wait, totally fair. I believe now Peter and I had Montreal over Hamilton. Yes. Um, which, John, you gave me some some guff for it. Now, I will say that Montreal and Hamilton did tie for us because uh, Peter and I had it Montreal-Hamilton 5-6. Tyler, you and John had it Hamilton-Montreal 5-6. So, I mean, basically we just agree that they are kind of in the same my biggest thing was Masoli's Masoli's hot so that's why that was the with the tipping thing for me in terms of the power rankings Masoli is hot and they have the hot they have the hot quarterback uh Montreal uh in a quarterback sort of situation that's a good call yeah that is yep that is exactly why I did it and I even put I still put Toronto ahead I wanted like I said I think if they played head-to-head today I would pick Hamilton to beat Toronto but Toronto Guess what? They play deserves, next week. They get they play next week. There you go. Deserves their <laughs> you'll, spot. You'll have your chance. Yeah. Um, can can we take a moment? I did. I, I I this is a podcast where we make predictions, and we we must honor the predictions. I did say Toronto would be the one that separates themselves a bit from the pack in the East uh, over the course of October. They did go three and one, uh, and they are now first place in the East. Just saying. No, we didn't. And the Alouettes go three and one as well, and that's what I predicted. Uh, did they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, went, they went. They went actually four and one in October, so I'm more right. Oh well, they played an extra game. Can't really do anything about that. Ha! Huh, sorry. These are the rules. <laughs> who predicted who? Um, I guess the only weird one here is that uh, Peter had Toronto above Calgary at the number third spot. As the a, number third spot, and I'm as the, the as the Toronto truther on this podcast, even I find that a bit ridiculous. But... <laughs> it is. <laughs> Peter yeah. goes. Peter's. It's, it's all gut. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the final number three. We have the Calgary Stampeders, the number two Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and uh, number one. We all agreed on number one, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay. You guys had uh, Sketch as number two. So did Peter. I had Sketch at third behind Calgary. Interesting. So I had Calgary at number two. Okay. Um, but I do think in the same way that Hamilton and Montreal are interchangeable, um, and, and this is something we talked about last week, where if you put Sketch and Calgary up against each other 100 times, I think they probably go about 50-50. Yeah, and what's great about both those is you know i would say probably the odds certainly indicate it we're going to be able to see those matchups in the uh division semis yeah so it's going to be great um so we will find out what how that all shakes out and that'll be excellent but i think you know again it is it's tough doing these power rankings when you've just got such such a dominant team you wonder what it's all really about we, we we rank these teams two. I don't even want to be around anymore. We rank these teams two. You don't want to be nine. around anymore because Winnipeg is the best team in the CFL. Does it matter? Does it matter yeah. what? If, if honestly, if I put Ottawa at number two, would it make a difference? I don't. I know. mean, is there like I don't know. I don't. It's, when is it's is been, there any way that Winnipeg isn't winning the Grey Cup? 
Yes. Uh, yes, injuries. Injuries, Boring, yeah, catastrophic 100%, 100%. injuries. No. But injuries always. It doesn't be. have to be. It doesn't have to be catastrophic. What happened? You know, a little. You know, Claros is you know, throwing throwing a pass in the next two weeks, and he, as his arm comes forward, you know, he gets a little tear in his shoulder. No, I, and just, I didn't like, mean catastrophic in terms of the severity of the injury. I meant catastrophic to the team. Yeah. If I, if Willie I, Jefferson, I do sprains th- an ankle. I do think teams that would need, be horrible. Teams need to go back and watch that Toronto game and just see what did Toronto do in that one game. Pound the rock. And that was. You know what's funny about that that game? The the leading rusher for Toronto that game was uh, Demaji Foster. Yeah, DJ Foster. Oh, did they change his? Oh, he's. Okay, I'm wondering. He's CJ Foster. Everything else now he's Demaji Foster on this. What is going on? I'm good. Yes. My 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 brain my brain just got thrown in the blender. Well, this is this is this week's stats. De- Better than discussion. my stats debacle. Yeah, this is this is bad. Sorry, guys. No, it's okay. Listen, apologies, Demaji DJ. I don't know what he prefers. I outed myself as a non um, stats knower the other week. But yeah. <laughs> You outed yourself as somebody who didn't know how to use like Excel, I guess, basically. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think, <laughs> I think what if I, if I'm almost certain if we replayed our podcast after that week three loss, what we said was, hor- worst position to be in the CFL is down to Winnipeg ten nothing early. Second worst position is Winnipeg being down ten early. Because at the time, Ooh. we didn't think Zach Galeros had the skills to bring them out of any sort of deficit. I think that has changed. Yes. So while getting them, getting Winnipeg, I think that's a recipe to beat any team. Get them down early, make them start taking chances. Take here's a, here's a statement. Will, will Winnipeg even, will any team be within 10 points of Winnipeg? Or excuse me, within, nah, yeah, single digits of Winnipeg for the rest of Certainly. the season. I'm sure. Okay. It gets playoff time. Things get nasty. I'm okay. sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm confident that somebody can give them a game. I just would not. Pick yeah, the last, the last, yeah, the last really tight game they played was uh, in the last week of August was against the Stampeders, an 18-16 win. Ever since then, it's been double digits. Yeah. But All you right. know, they're a dominant team. We'll see. You got. That's why they play the games. This is. Um, any parting shots before we uh, tell these good people where they can reach us? Do we have any listener feedback? We did not have any listener feedback this week. Um, although regular contributor Cole Boylo did see the new Bond film and did not hate it. Ooh, Peter, what do you have to what do you have to say about that? Ah, good, interesting. I I had told him how Peter had spoiled it for me and thought it was horrible. And he said that because he had heard about Peter crapping on it. He came in with lower expectations, and they exceeded that expect those expectations. So good are, news. Are, are you guys going to see? Have you guys seen Dune yet, Matt? Uh, yeah, I caved and watched it on HBO Max, and, and I really, really enjoyed it. But I will also be seeing it in theaters. Uh, and also, will we be seeing the French Connection? The French I don't, Connection. I want. Uh, is to, that I showing don't... anywhere? Yeah, I. It's... I can't. Don't have a. Don't have a time machine. You mean the French dispatch? French dispatch. I, yeah, I just assumed you meant French. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to it yes, before it I leaves will. theaters, but uh, I still have to see Antlers 
So that's, I'm, I'm that's out this on upcoming week. Recommendation for the listeners, Midnight Mass on Netflix. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I also enjoyed it. Did you watch the whole series? Yes, I did. Yeah, I thought that was... I'm not the biggest horror fan in the world, but that was. I was totally intrigued. It had the good kind of um, building, um, kind of psyche out horror. Not really... It had a few jump scares, but really it had not shock value, but legitimate think it over, good storytelling, um, leaving good breadcrumbs along the way. Very solid. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it... I, for me, it did not quite stick the landing. Yes. Um, I, I think it's, yeah. But um, getting there was really great. And the the final episode, I, I mean, stick the landing, like the kind of it was final, yeah. final sequence and the kind of, which was a, an interesting sequence outside of, I guess I would say it's, it's philosophy. It's philosophy was like really college freshman just smoked weed for the first time <laughs> um but i really enjoyed midnight mass yeah so midnight mass is our tv show recommendation um and i want to end this pod by handing the floor over to our friend tyler press who next time we will record is going to be a married man tyler do you have any nuggets of wisdom to pass on to the listeners or things you'd like to say as you're on your last pod as a bachelor you know i'm really hoping this isn't throw off the pred mojo is really what i <laughs> that <laughs> is an interesting thought uh no i'm i'm very excited to get married um i'm eloping uh in europe um we will have a big wedding i think the summer of 2023 is what we're targeting so um Matt and John, I'd like to both tell you that you will be you will be groomsmen at the wedding <laughs> in 2023. So there's... All right, 2023? Yeah, dude, I just uh, three, three, yeah. All right, well, I'm down. Thank there's you. A, yeah, I, mean, I hope I'm a, alive by then. There's a there's a potential for, there's a potential for it to be sooner, but it's probably yeah. I mean, you, you know I'll be there. I have, yes. I have quite a, have quite, quite a bit of uh, things to settle in my life before I start planning a wedding, I think, is the, is the issue there. Um, namely, how to, how to move my dog to Europe, um, which is not a You're quick and simple process. You're moving her to Germany. She's a German shepherd. She has citizenship. <laughs> it's, I, she's, it's a good point. Um, yes, good stuff. Uh, very excited to be married. My, my fiancé and soon-to-be wife is, is awesome. And... Uh, Getting her into the CFL will be difficult in Germany, I think. But uh, I have to I say, she's working at the Canadian embassy. She's not. She did. She uh, did not get. She did not get that job, unfortunately. Uh, that's all right. Better luck next time. <laughs> Truly, uh, Tyler Press. <laughs> congratulations on getting married. Um, we're all very excited for you. We love you and our so stoked that you're going to be coming back a married predator which you know now that makes two of you in the group uh and all all the better so uh with that i've got nothing more to say guys anything for you no very happy for you tyler you've you really deserve this yes thanks guys appreciate it and uh the pot the pot you know everything's everything's coming up roses the pot's been great the season's been great this, everything's everything's going well right now this is good
We're in for some good CFL games this weekend, a good marriage in Denmark, and uh, we will talk to y'all later. Peace.